Hey, Ding Dongs! Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast formerly about NBC's The Good Place, and now kind of about whatever we feel like. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she's very clever and she knows it. It's my sister, Marissa. <laughs> yes, I was educated at Oxford. He, she, he's got a lot of monologues in this one. Got a lot of, like, very flourishy monologues. We are talking, of course, about the second episode in the Disney Plus limited series Loki, which is entitled The Variant. So we're... I, I really enjoyed this episode. I'm excited to dive into it. Um, did you have any thoughts up front or anything you want to share? I thought it was pretty incredible how much plot they burned through in this episode. Yes. <laughs> like... I, so I didn't watch, like I said last time, I didn't watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I did watch WandaVision, and I realized that WandaVision and Loki are very, very different. WandaVision is kind of a uh, pop culture tone poem about grief. <laughs> I, I, I get that. But it also does have plot. It has like a good amount of plot in it as well. And we get at least one superhero's origin story sort of incidentally in it, and yet the pace at which this moves, which Loki moves versus WandaVision is incredible. I mean, they just kept going bang, 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 bang. And I was like, how, do, how are they going to do seven episodes of this? It's like yes. a movie every week. It truly is. I mean, in, in that way it does. I mean, I think this is a fitting um, series for us to be doing for this podcast because I think it does share a lot of the DNA. We talked about this in the last episode as well, but... Um, it does share some DNA, I think, with the sort of the crazy amount of story that used to get shoved into every episode of The Good Place. There were very few episodes of The Good Place that didn't have some sort of crazy twist or or um, very few episodes that felt like filler. And I think this and I remember us sort of talking a lot about how you know, how how long can they keep this up or what are they going to do now? Because I'm like at the beginning of season two of The Good Place, oh, we were yeah. like, we were like, oh, well, the jig is up. Like they just burned through everything we thought that the second season was going to be. And what are they going to do now? So I'm really excited to see where it goes. You know, I think I really enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, first up, housekeeping, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play and at goodplay.cast.rocks. Uh, please rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. That would be great now that we're sort of back in the saddle. You can I have all... no idea how I would find reviews of us that weren't on iTunes. Like, do you think those exist? I think in the Google Play Store they might. <laughs> I know they I know they do for movies. Yeah, I, but maybe nobody's written them, you know. Yeah, well. I do yeah. have an email from a listener to read oh, at the great. end. It's a, it's a very old email, but I thought it was sweet. Yeah, and you can follow and like us on Facebook at The Good Play. We saw some people very happy that we're back and we are also very happy that we're back so good to good to see all of you again twitter you can find us at the good play pod and you can send us an email at the good play pod at gmail.com and it does sound like we have a listener email we also just had a couple of my friends uh i i sent the link to and listener meg who i've talked about uh she's actually worked on a lot of marvel properties in the past uh, listener Meg listened to our first episode of Loki and said, it's just so good to hear you and your sister talking to each other again. <laughs> so I thought yeah, that was we, very we, sweet. Yeah, you know, we we were estranged for this whole time that yes. we weren't recording the podcast. <laughs> we only speak for this recording. It's more of a professional relationship than a personal one at this point. <laughs> Just got to keep that imaginary money rolling. We really, I was going to say. I'm, I'm doing the r- fingers rubbing together. Thing. <laughs> we really need like a like a Casper mattresses promo <laughs> in here to sweeten the pot. <laughs> um, so how would you like to uh, do the recap? Can you do it just because you just watched it and I yes. watched it last Thursday and I'm a little bit concerned that I will fumble some of the details. Okay, that is totally fine. Happy to do it. Yeah, I did. I, I watched it. We're recording this on a Monday uh, and I just got home from our weekend spent at our parents' house for uh, a very lovely Father's Day with all of your boys. And, all 12 uh, of them. All bajillion of your children and, <laughs> and your husband, and it was lovely. Yeah, I can do it. So this uh, episode is called The Variant. And dun, dun, uh, dun. we're uh, buckle up, strap in, everybody. So, so we much have, plot. <laughs> it's a t- well, it's a ton of it's a lot of exposition. So I'll, I'll try to like get through that as much as possible to 
as quickly as possible to get to the good stuff. But we have a cold open in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, uh, in 1985 at a Renaissance fair. Which is the, very clever because the the camera sort of shows you people in medieval garb before it tells you that it's a Ren fair. So there is this moment of like, I know this is supposed to be the Renaissance, but that just looks like the Renaissance fair. And then it's like, it is the Renaissance fair. I thought that was, yeah, because they're, they're really doing like a lot of clever stuff with time. And we have another sort of jump back in time this episode that I thought was really fun too. The Minutemen arrive on the scene and are greeted by a maiden who, again, a uh, good place connection here, shouts to Kate Berlant who played... Esmeralda on The Good Place, the the person who has all those ravens that Chidi was matched with. <laughs> yes. So they they enter this sort of castle type thing, or maybe it's like a big tent or whatever. And they're sort of like, oh, this is a trap. And then there's an ominous voice over the loudspeaker. And one of the Minutemen becomes mind controlled. I'm assuming, Marissa, the that this voice is... was just, it was just like a jousting competition. It was the announcer for the jousting competition. Yeah, and it was like, who will win the heart of the maiden, you know, the hero or the villain or whatever. And I'm assuming that the mind control is similar to what we saw with Stellan Skarsgård in the Avengers. No, because, okay. All right. Let's, 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 let's get into this. So. Okay. <laughs> I watched uh, this, I've actually watched both episodes with my BFF, and he's like got a lot more um, nerdtacular sort of deep uh, lore memorized about the Avengers. And so I was complaining about the Tesseract being the space stone and about, right, space? Did we decide it was space? Yes, we did decide it was space. And I was like, that's some straight up nonsense. And then why was Stellan Skarsgård mind controlled? He said, because Loki also had the mind stone in his staff. Okay. So Loki actually had two of these dang things at the same time in the first Avengers movie, which is nuts. Yeah, right. He was Uh, he was like two two thirds of the or one third of the way to a Thanos situation. Right? Like a full gauntlet. He was in the employ of Thanos at the time, so maybe that shouldn't be so super surprising. But he had the mind stone at the time. So what we know about the variant, and we won't spoil this, just in case anybody's, like, watching this instead. Like, if you don't have Disney+, Plus, I get it. It's another streaming subscription, and you don't want to pay for it. I totally get it. So yeah. we won't reveal up front the deal with the variant, but we will say the variant is uh, not exactly the Loki we know, and therefore seems to have a different set of powers. Okay. So, but it is mind control. Oh, and or... it, is, it is mind control. And we all were... <sighs> astral projection or something right it seems that the he, variant he talks about like duplication something about duplication Lo- or our loki does, enchantment yeah yeah, yeah. yes so, our loki does it's hard to say there was a, i also had a very long conversation about uh, this whole time travel in the mcu and how it's kind of a mess because the movie in which they introduce time travel and the movie in which they break their own time travel rules it's the same movie. It's called uh-huh. Endgame. Uh-huh. And in the movie, they say, we, uh, nothing we do in the past affects our present because when we go back in time, we create another timeline. And so that means, you know, so that so that's why they couldn't like go back and stop Thanos. Like that's not how any of this works, right? They had to go back and steal Infinity Stones from other timelines, bring them forward, and then, like, do a re-snapping, unsnapping, whatever. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, they cheated, and they made Captain America <laughs> able to stay in that same timeline. You know what I mean? The end mm-hmm. of Endgame. Yeah, he, where I cried. Yes. <laughs> where he goes back, stays with Peggy, which would be perfectly fine, but then it turns out he actually stayed in that timeline and somehow ages into the real timeline, which is some nonsense. It it breaks their own time travel rules. So, you know, we're on a bit of, we're on some shaky ground. When Dear it comes Kevin to... Feige. <laughs> I think the Russo brothers kind of were like, yeah, we broke the rules. We wanted to give Steve a happy ending. So sue us. And I was like, at the time I was like, yeah, who cares? It's not like time travel's ever going to come up again. It's like, well... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I specifically remember in our Endgame episode, you were like, so what happens to Steve doesn't really make any sense. And I was like, let me have this. So here's, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. I'm, I'm, I promise I'm only going to complain about it 
I'm, I'm looking at the clock right now. I will complain about it for two minutes tops. Tops. Okay. okay. The fact that it Steve stays in our timeline and we are to believe that old Steve is aging through our actual... When I say our, I mean the MCU's. Aging through the MCU's main timeline makes all kinds of things stupid and or gross. In particular, Peggy's niece, Sharon, right? Did they ever... Do you remember Do you remember that Steve and Sharon kiss at one point? Well, listen. Well, no, 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 no. Because... From, so. So we are still in the cold open. <laughs> I know, but I said two minutes. Let me have it. So okay. for Steve, for young Steve, he has not experienced life with Peggy yet. And therefore on his end, it's weird, but not awful for her. She grew up with Aunt Peggy and Uncle Steve, right? <laughs> so what in the heck is she doing? Wait, no, she didn't. Well, she did now because that's what they've done. No, they, he just they, cut, he just he goes into that other timeline and has a life with Peggy, and then he comes back and no, he's an old he man on not, a bench. No, he's, he's an old man on a bench. He doesn't come back to the timeline. He's been in the timeline the whole time. That's why he is sitting on a bench and he doesn't materialize in, inside of the Pym machinery. I don't. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe uh, maybe you just see a man who looks like Chris Evans and you say, you know what? I got to shoot my shot. I don't really care if, you really? know, weird. <laughs> really? weird. No. So, and that's just one. I've now run out my two minutes. That's one of the many things I have problems with, but I will cease and you oh. can continue the okay. summer. Are you, are you sure? Do we mm-hmm. need? Okay. I can't promise it won't come up again. I don't even remember. Uh, we're, I'm on the second bullet point <laughs> of my notes. Okay. I'm just going to continue. Okay. Mind con- one of the Minutemen is mind controlled and starts wailing on the other, like starts sort of taking out the other Minutemen to uh, holding out for a hero by Bonnie Tyler. And, Very period appropriate. Yes. And then the mind controlled Minuteman kind of falls and another one goes to check on her. And that one is killed by a hooded figure. And then the hooded figure sort of drags the mind controlled Minuteman and escapes through a portal. And that's the cold open. And then we go to the TVA where Loki is uh, kind of supposed to be studying, but he's not taking it that seriously. He's like the kid in class who doesn't really need to study because he's really smart and he kind of knows everything already. But we get some exposition with Miss Minutes again, that same sort of like clock. Terror strong, yeah. That we that we met, the, the animated clock that we met in the last episode. And she talks about what's something called a red line. Okay. I gotta just up front, I know that we've done a a tangent already, but if you may allow me a tangent now, there's a lot of mechanics in this episode. There's a lot of like explaining what things are, explaining what things do, explaining what that means for the timeline and the sacred timeline and the timekeepers and all this. And like, I was sort of willing to be like, Okay, like in la- in the last episode, I said, you know, I was sort of like, all right, okay, like I'm just absorbing all of it. And this one, I think, I think it's fresher in my mind because while we were home together, we watched another Disney Plus uh, feature, Luca, the new the new um, uh, Pixar movie. It was and really sweet, guys. It was very sweet. I cried. Our mom made fun of me, um, and for crying, and. <laughs> One of the things, Marissa, that you said that I sort of took with me into my watch of this was that Luca was very, very simple. Like, there were rules, but nobody explained them, and there wasn't a ton of lore and backstory about, like, you know, the people who live underwater and their feud with the people who live on land, or how does the person who live on land, or how's a person who live underwater turn into a person on land, right? Like, there was really none of that. It's just, if, if you haven't seen the movie, please do, but... I'm not spoiling anything because this is all in the trailer. When he pops out of the water, he becomes a human boy and uh, he was like a mer person. He becomes a human boy and there's no explanation of that. And you just are sort of like, okay, this is the world we're living in. This to me, the sort of all this stuff with like the red line and all of the sort of expositional conversation was kind of the opposite where I thought they did a really great job with the action towards the end. But like, I'm, I was having a little bit of a tough time with all the exposition, but that's just hmm, my okay. take on it because it's such a, 
because it's all this time stuff that sort of doesn't really make any sense, they have to really, like, lay in all this stuff. So what we learn about the red line is the point, that's the point at which the TVA can no longer reset what they call a nexus event, which is the name for the event that creates like a branch off of the sacred timeline, and that's what they're all about trying to fix. So then Mobius comes in and tells Loki that there has been a a nexus event, and uh, it's the Loki variant. And then Loki is given a dope jacket that says variant on it, which I'm pretty sure they are selling. I mean, they have to be. Uh, I didn't think of that, but you're you're so right. As merchandise. (laughs) So uh, we we get some more backstory, which is apparently, and this makes total sense to me, there have been many Loki variants over the years that they have sort of caught, and um, I don't know exactly what they've done with them, but, you know, we see, like, little flashes of... I mean, I think, again, I think we're to understand that they basically kill them, that, yeah. you know, that the quote-unquote real version continues to exist in the timeline, but the ones that step off the sacred timeline get uh, off. Yeah, so these variants oftentimes have different powers, and Loki is going to go with them to try to catch variant Loki. And this sort of gets to, like, some questions that we had towards the end of last time. Or not questions, but these sort of observations of, like, well, what happens when Loki goes back into, like, the normal world and has his powers again and all that kind of stuff. So Loki sort of asks Mobius, like, why he's not concerned that Loki will bail if he gets his powers back. And Mobius says that, Loki already knows that the TVA can catch him, and plus Mobius can get Loki an audience with the Timekeeper, so he kind of uses that as an incentive. So allegedly, alleged. I mean, yes, allegedly. At the Ren Fair, Loki asks again. This is like more exposition. That's just like I didn't quite make sense to me, but Loki asks why they can't like show up before the Nexus event and grab the variant, and then. Well, this is the exact thing that I was just talking about, though. That like you know them showing up ahead of time i think would just they would end up on like the sacred they'd end up on the real timeline right they have to go into the nexus event mobius says that the nexus event creates like a destabilized time flow or something so i I don't i mean maybe you're right i will take your word for it so and then reset charges what they apparently do is just sort of disintegrate all of the evidence that this nexus event happened Right, I think it, like, resets the timeline. Like, the the exact thing that it says on the tin. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, they go back into this tent, and there's this, you know, a few dead agents on the ground, and Loki is, like, monologuing about how the gods of Asgard and the TVA are just equally gullible, and you underestimate me, and you underestimate Uh, my variant. This, honestly, this annoyed me. This monologue was maybe the only thing in the whole episode that I was like, all right, let's get to the next thing, please. Well, I think it serves, like, he's such a windbag, and then Mobius <laughs> is like, yeah, no. Like, he just doesn't, because what happens next is that Loki gives, like, this whole speech about how he is the crucial part of this variance plan, but he's a, a servant to the sacred timeline now, and he he's going to go look for the variant alone so that he can try... And Mobius is like, yeah, he's lying. Like, get him out of here. He doesn't know anything. And, you know, then we watch the reset charge. Um, um, one of the Minutemen sets a reset charge and they're just like, okay, well, this, we're not getting anything out of this. And then they sort of come back. And at the TVA, again, Mobius goes to the judge's quarters. Like, she's a judge, but she also just seems to be the she's- boss. Yeah, she's like Mark Evan Jackson in The Bad Place. Yeah, she kind of is. She's like a mix of Judge Jen and and Mark Evan Jackson. She's got like statues of the timekeepers in her office. And she's got, you know, all this human stuff on her walls, which I thought, again, like shouts to the good place. And, you know, she's really not happy. They seem to have like a very buddy-buddy, like bordering flirty. I mean, I think Owen Wilson just flirts with everybody because he's... No, it did kind of feel like they used to be lovers or something. Yeah. Not totally sure. I mean, maybe he thinks he's just in Wedding Crashers too, but I'm very, I'm still very in on their their dynamic. And she kind of says like, you know, that you really botched that one. And Mobius says, Marissa, this reminded me of what you talked about last week. Mobius says that understanding this Loki helps him understand the variant... And the judge, or I, her name's Ravona. Um, oh yeah, by the way, I uh, tried to read the Wikipedia page about Ravana, who is a known MC, uh, Marvel Comics character. I 
quit about two paragraphs in. I believe it is said that she has one of the most complex, often retconned backgrounds in the entire Marvel comics. Okay. Which is really saying something. But she is important in Marvel comics. I believe that people think that the next like major villain, the next Thanos-level villain, is going to be related to her in some way. I believe that... Ooh. In some versions of the comics, that villain has kind of conquered planets to try to marry her, and she's said no, and other times she has been married to him, and bleedy bloody blue like, buckle up, kids. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's significant that Slayer is in her last name, because he calls her R. Slayer in this. Ren Slayer is her, yeah, yeah. last name. And he shortens it. He calls her R Slayer when he's signing the paper. So I thought that was interesting. But so she's like, man, you really botched this. And he's like, oh, it's cool. Like, I'll handle it. I'll, you know, if it doesn't work, then I'll delete him myself. Like, let's give him another chance. So he leaves the office and Loki's sort of waiting outside. And he's like, let me explain. Let me explain. And Mobius is just like, no, 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 no. Like you, I, I kept you around because I thought that you would see that this variant is superior to you and your ego couldn't handle it and you know you would want to get this guy because he's better than you and loki's like i you know i I, what makes you think that you can manipulate me like i'm playing my own game and this mobius is so great he goes what charm your way in front of the timekeepers and seize control of the tva am i getting warm a double cross by history's most reliable liar (laughs) i thought that was fantastic (laughs) i thought that was so great and Loki looks appropriately like, oh, yes, that was exactly what I was thinking. Uh, but but not, but yes. But, mm. <laughs> and so, and then Loki's like, well, why are you sticking your neck out for me then if you already know what I'm going to do? And Mobius was like, look, either I see like a scared, sad child out in the cold and I feel bad for you, or I just really want to catch this variant and you can believe whatever you want, but like, this is your last chance. And so Mobius orders Loki to look into old case files about the variant and then this i thought was funny loki tries to charm a tva librarian Um, (laughs) somebody somebody at den of geek called her the real life roz from monsters incorporated which i thought was very funny you know he tries to charm her into like giving him files about like the creation of the tva the beginning of time the timekeepers and she's like all that's classified and the only thing you get is another loki case file i think it's his own file oh yeah that makes sense and then he finds like a paper in the file about the destruction of Asgard during Ragnarok. Oh yeah, that was rough. And yeah, I mean like it has like the total number of people who, who perished in his Which is not that high. It's no, weirdly it's like low. It's in the it's 10, in the four 000. yeah, it's in the four figures. Like what? <laughs> but you know, it, it says zero variance energy detected and Loki like a mischievous light bulb goes off and he's like, haha, I figured it out. So he goes and finds Mobius and he says that the variant is hiding in apocalypses, which means he's positing that the variant causes havoc in places that are destined for destruction already because I'm going to say what I think it is and you tell me if I'm wrong. I, I understand it. Okay. I understand it. If you'd like me to just take it. Okay. You take it. There is a certain amount of swerving off of the timeline that has to happen before the TVA notices and... The variant is going into places that are going to be completely wiped out. And therefore, any amount of nonsense that they pull, you know, and they can, you know, we're positing this variant can travel through time and, I guess, space. I guess, yeah, time and space, you know. Although, (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it, like, why are we always on Earth? But okay, the variant can travel through time and Earth space uh, at will. So the variant can go to a place that's about to be completely wiped out. Do whatever uh, the variant, whatever nonsense the variant wants to get up to, can, they can get up to it. And then by the time the variant has done enough to kind of create variant energy, the whole place gets leveled. You know, obviously the variant will, you know, warp away or whatever. But the whole place gets leveled and all evidence that they were ever there is gone. Uh, anything that they did to... You know, if I sneak into your house 10 minutes before it burns down, if I rearrange the photos on your wall 10 minutes before your house burns down, like, nobody's going to know that that ever happened. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I actually thought it was really clever. Yeah. 
I I I liked it because I think it it's sort of like Mobius later they have a conversation about like everything's just chaos. I think this is a good example of that. Like he he says something like existence is chaos. And so like I think this is kind of a good example of that. Like Loki the Loki variant is causing chaos in a place that is experiencing a certain level of chaos already, right? These are are sudden events and are very high casualties. So well, thank you for that description, because I think that really helps. So he wants to test this theory, and Mobius is like, no, 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 you're going to stab me in the back the second we get in the field. And he goes, I'd never stab you in the back. That's such a boring form of betrayal. And he's like, you have done, you've stabbed people in the back, like, literally, like, 50 times before. And he's like, well, you know, I'm tired of that. <laughs> this is very, their banter is great. But eventually Mobius is won over and then they travel to Pompeii right before Vesuvi- Mount Vesuvius erupts, which is like, you know, played for laughs, but a very tragic event in Doctor Who did an episode that was very similar to this. Vulture had like a whole thing about how this is very Doctor Who-esque and, and we can get to that because I have a piece of that in the in the articles, in the uh, reviews below. But yes, so... They go to Vesuvius, and Loki kind of makes a huge scene and is like, hello, you're all going to die. I mean, he says it in Latin, like, you're all going to die. And I- pretty good Latin, I'll say. <laughs> yes, as a Latin scholar. I, yeah, I didn't love his accent, but I thought it was fine. <laughs> and he's like, we're from the future. You're all going to die. And then the, the volcano erupts. And Mobius- Owen Wilson, yeah, detects no variant energy. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, dip. Like, this is, uh, that's a big loophole for us. And then, you know, and also like, we have to get out of here immediately. So, <laughs> so they go back and Mobius is like, okay, the variant is ambushing the TVA and then hiding in these like doomsday scenarios to cover their tracks. And all these events have to be like naturally occurring, really sudden and leaving no survivors. And like, in the stuff that they look through in later on in the episode, like this is a this is just a wake up call about climate change, right? Like this. Oh is yeah, just I'm sitting like, there like, no, thank you, Disney. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, thank you. I'm trying to watch a nice TV show. Don't put a lesson about our fundamental uh, responsibility as humans into this light romp through through time and space. But so they go to the cafeteria for a while. And Mobius kind of talks about how much he loves jet skis. And this was, to me, very similar to Michael's fascination with human things on The Good Place. Like, you know, Mobius is this being, this sentient being that was created for a specific purpose, but has this fascination with a a, a time or a place that he will never be a part of, truly. And, you know, they have this sort of conversation where uh, Loki is sort of saying like, you know, I think you're a smart guy, but then you believe in this crazy outlandish stuff about the timekeepers and da 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 da. And Mobius just says, look, you know, your your creation story is equally as ridiculous, but you believe it because it's yours and I believe this and it gives me great comfort and existence is chaos and nothing makes sense, any sense, so we try to make some sense of it and this is what makes sense to me. And... Loki's kind of still not having it because he's like, what about free will? And Mobius doesn't really seem bothered by that. He's just sort of like, look, the timekeepers are working out the end of time. And when that happens, it'll be really peaceful and no more chaos. And it's just order and that's it. That sounds really sinister to me, but okay. Well, and so then Loki says, you know, to Mobius, you called me a scared little boy a little while ago. And... I'm not a scared little boy because I know what children don't know, which is no one who is bad is ever truly bad. And no one who is good is ever truly good. Big big talk from a guy who has murdered a lot of people. Well, and I think it's self-serving for him to say no one who is bad is ever truly bad. Right? Because that kind of gets him off the hook. But... The, the term scared little boy kind of jogs something in Mobius and he goes back into like the evidence containers and he finds this, the blue candy that we saw in the last uh, episode where the little, little child at the, the French cathedral, yeah. cathedral, thank you, has this blue on his teeth and he looks at the candy wrapper and he says, okay, this was available in like the 2050s in America. So we need to be like looking there. We can narrow down our search. And they find 
an event in Alabama in 2050 where this corporate Haven Hills, I think it's called this corporate town for something called rocks cart, which is, I'm guessing it's like Walmart, but for the rocks on corporation is destroyed by a hurricane. And then he goes back to Ravana and she's worried that Loki is going to Loki, but sort of reluctant, <laughs> just like, reluctantly approves this mission like okay i guess and she's saying the whole time like the timekeepers are really keeping their eyes on this and owen wilson's like well that's that's good to know because i've never met them you know a little bit a little bit salty i would say yeah well and i think it's really she says in their earlier meeting thank you for reminding me about that she says in their early meeting like i've never seen them this involved before and oh yeah that was really weird (laughs) And I was like, oh, you know, of of course they are the bad guys. Like, of course they're the bad <laughs> guys, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but she, I read in an article that I'll mention at the end, I read an article that her, she reports directly to them. And so I think she kind of feels the weight of this on her shoulders. And, and of course, Mobius is like, listen, I, you know, it'll be fine. Just let us go. And so she, she... Sends in basically like a strike team to Alabama in 2050, and B-15, who is the arresting and they're officer, in the, they're in the normal of a. They're, sorry, they're in the middle of a complete climate disaster, and it's very cool to watch and think Su- about my children being alive during it. Thanks, Disney. Super cool to watch a climate disaster happening. Well, Roxxon Corporation is like a fossil fuel corporation in the the Marvel oh, universe. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Then they they sort of step in and Mobius and B-15, who was the arresting officer from last episode, who doesn't trust Loki, they kind of argue over who Loki should go with. And he's like, look, I'll just go with B-15. It's fine. So then we see like a hooded figure at a bunch of security monitors watching them and they leave a countdown clock that counts down for 20 minutes, which is just about the end of the episode. And then later B-15 and Loki are kind of walking around and find somebody searching for a plant or something searching for an item on yeah, the shelf who, who appears to be shopping but it is like category 74 hurricane outside. it is real bad outside and okay once again i think i might need a little help but i'm here's what i'm assuming that guy was being either mind controlled or yes. body swapped by the yes. variant i don't know what to call it exactly it's like thought projection you know okay and which is, which is a phrase i picked up from a pbs show that my children watch so listen sure. i i watched a lot of wild Kratts with your older son uh this weekend so um do you know a lot about komodo dragons now i know a lot about three toad sloths that was the episode that i Phew, really good. got into yeah he kind of like project mind projects into has mind projected into this other person and then that person sort of touches b15 and then the guy who was being mind projected falls to the floor and all of a sudden B15 is being mind projected into. And for a second, I was like, oh, that's a, such a good twist. Like they were infiltrated the, the Minutemen. They've been here the whole time. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is something different because it, it eventually it sort of passes to other people. But they have this nice exchange or this really fun exchange where she says you're the fool who brought who who they brought in to hunt me down and he says he stops for a second and he's like me i presume and she says please if anyone's anyone you're me and i was like i like this this is good antagonism and then mobius and the other Minutemen go to search the warehouse for people who like this place kind of has a back warehouse area where people are hiding out. And what I really like... They're trying to shelter from the storm and it's really upsetting. It is really upsetting. And one of the guys is like, are you here with FEMA? Like, we've got women and children here. And the Minutemen, one of the Minutemen is just being like really gruff with this guy. And what I found really nice about Mobius, like, I think Owen Wilson does, I think does a very good job with this character. But also, it's, it's in very quiet ways of like, he's not a tactical officer. And he basically is like, these guys are scared. Like, just, you know, don't be so rough with them. He does a very good job of being trustworthy and and sort of warmer in these minutes where people need it. And the, the one guy is like, well, they should be scared. They're about to die. And he's like, they should not Can be you... scared of us. 
And also, can you freaking chill, please? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, then another Minuteman kind of intercepts them and they go to the security room that we've seen before. And the hostage, the, the Minuteman who was taken hostage is... This in, is in, the, oh, in the cold open. Yes. Who was, was taken hostage in the cold in open. In the cold open. This is upsetting. I thought she did a very good job. It was just sort of rocking back and forth and going, it's real, it's real, it's real. Like, you know, she's clearly very distressed. And then back in the store, B-15 is knocked out. And a store clerk named Randy uh, is now being sort of mind controlled or whatever by the variant. And he's a big dude. (laughs) He, oh, no, no, no. This is the store clerk. This isn't the guy who fights him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. I, okay, now I'm So the store clerk, I've never seen this actor before, but like shouts to that guy because he has to do a, a 180 switch from being like a, just a normal store clerk who's like, are you folks looking for anything? Like, can I help you? And then immediately I think, no, I think becomes... his, his normal thing is like, can you please get into the hurricane <laughs> shelter? But, but that sort of like sort of helpful, unobtrusive kind of meek personality into immediately like domineering cat and mouse kind of thing he does a very good job so loki tries to get into randy's good graces. i'm just gonna call him randy for now randy's good graces by offering him a spot as his lieutenant because loki's like look i'm gonna overthrow the time he says lieutenant because he's british and old it's great um he's like look i'm gonna overthrow the timekeepers i could really use you and variant Loki says, or Randy says, Randy. No. Randy's like, I'm not interested in ruling the time variance authority. And then somebody else is like messing with a charge. And I believe it's the variant. And then back in the security room, the hostage minivan is really distressed. And this was another moment where, you know, Owen Wilson is like, it's okay. We're going to get you medical help and all that stuff. And she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I told them where to find the timekeepers. Like I told them everything. And so she's really freaking out. It's not clear to me why, like, a low-level, like, Minuteman would even know that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like a weird thing yeah. for anybody other than Gugu and Bathara to know. Yeah. I mean, maybe they, because they were all created by the timekeepers, they have some knowledge of it. Mm, yeah, maybe. And so then one of the other Minutemen calls B-15, and she wakes up, and she's like, oh, dip, something really went wrong. And Loki is following Randy and he's like, okay, what is your plan? And Randy's like, oh, it's too late, you know, whatever. And Loki's like, oh, I get it. You want to blow up because he sees the reset charges and he's like, oh, I get it. You want to blow up the building with everybody inside it. Randy disappears and then Loki gets his butt handed to him by this like big burly guy who's being possessed by the variant. And then B-15 kind of finds Mobius and they fan out and they're looking for him. And it's about one minute, 15 seconds left on the timer and things are really picking up. This this action was great. I loved the fight scene. It was a great it was a great action. It was great. Piece. And Loki says, What do you want from me? What is this about? And the variant says, Brace yourself, Loki. And then the variant hops out of the burly guy who falls on the floor. This hooded figure emerges and it's a lady. Which, which we you might you guys might have figured out from all of the weird pronoun stuff we were doing. <laughs> They're like, they, maybe, him, who, uh, sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's a lady, and she's wearing a Loki-esque kind of headpiece, and one of the horns is broken off. In some of the reviews I read, it says this is Lady Loki, and others, it's, I've read, it's somebody named, uh, the Enchantress. That's I, a not, totally different character. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. so it might be a mix, I'm not sure. And she says, this isn't about you. And he looks at her kind of like, how dare you yeah like and he goes right and then the lights go out and this was super cool these effects were amazing the lights go out. i was sitting there thinking like how much money did this cost to make 100 i mean all the stuff with the hurricane and sort of so expensive the backgrounds of the tva and the stuff at mount vesuvius like this they've dropped big money on this and so the lights go out and then all of these reset chargers that are set up around this basically Walmart are start lighting up and you think, oh my gosh, this place is going to blow up. And then I, I didn't think that it didn't seem like she would gain anything by bombing a Walmart that was about to be flattened by a hurricane. Well, that's what but Loki was like, oh, this is what you're going to do. Well, Loki is not very bright. <laughs> and, yeah, as we've done. All of these tiny portals open up underneath all of these reset chargers. 
and then they just drop into these tiny portals. And then we cut back to the TVA where all of a sudden on It looks the... like, remember in Apollo 13 where they're all... Yes. At their little old, old-ass computer terminals monitoring everything. It was like that except a different color palette. Apollo 13 was a very gray color palette. This is a very, like, beige... Red. Uh, be- yeah, beige slash red color palette, but it's the exact same energy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, on there's this sacred, you know, on the screen, it's like a sacred, the sacred timeline is going about its business. And then all of a sudden, all of these Nexus events start, you know, sprawling out, you know, like, like, um, tendrils on a, on a plant, just sort of just coming out of the sacred timeline. And one person notices, and then another person notices, and they're frantic, and they get on the phone, and they say, somebody just bombed the sacred timeline. Ravana sees this like on her own screen and knows that something has gone horribly wrong. Picks up Although a... it's not anybody's fault that works for her. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unless you say that the fact that they haven't caught the variant yet is the fault of who work for her. Uh, okay. Well, but I mean, the, no, nobody who works for her caused this bobbing directly. Right. She grabs a weapon, which I read in an article is like a time stick. <laughs> I don't know. So she grabs her time stick and she heads out and there are all these minute, minute men sort of deploying into their portals. And then we're back at Rock's cart and Lady Loki or whoever it is. I'm just going to say Lady Loki because it's the variant of him opens her own portal and just waves goodbye to him. And Loki is staring after this portal and Mobius sees him from across the warehouse and is like, Loki, like, don't go for it. Stay here. You know, all that. Don't do it, girl. Girl, don't do it, girl. Don't do it. Don't do it, girl. Don't do it, girl. And he's running. I did it. He's he's (laughs) running. Was that a meme? Yes. Okay. Um, Girl, don't do it, girl. It's not worth it, girl. I did it. (laughs) So... So he waits a few moments and then follows her and the portal closes and Mobius is like, son of a bagel bite. (laughs) Oh no. So I've done a lot of talking. How about you? Jump in with your thoughts. Would you like me to go back to talk about Steve Rogers and the (laughs) timeline? (laughs) (laughs) Let me have Steve Rogers and Peggy together. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I thought it was an excellently written, acted, produced episode. I thought it was wonderful, high stakes, um, high excitement. I I would like to know, and it kind of feels like we should be allowed to know. I would like to know what is actually in our Loki's head right now. Like, yeah, yeah. I, we we are not given any of his interiority. The the only we we got some interiority in the first episode when he was watching his holographic Disney Plus subscription and being genuinely contrite at his mother's death and all that. But in this episode, we did not get any of his interiority. So I mean, I want to like, what does he really want? Does he really want to overthrow the TVA and like and do what with that? Like, and to what end, man? Like, what yeah. he, be a Freaking trickster god and steal people's penises. I, I knew that was going to come enough. back around. <laughs> I just mean like, I guess, you know, all he cares about is power and the seizing of it. And he never succeeds. But I guess he is interested in overthrow. I guess he's, I mean, like, but I don't know if I'm actually supposed to believe that. You know, what he tells the variant. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know how much of that is true and how much of that is sort of he believes that this variant would be interested in that because on some level he is interested in that and they are of a piece, the two of them. But, you know, uh, it does, uh, Mobius does sort of call him out on it at the beginning of the episode and is like, oh, what, you know, you, you're going to take over the TVA? You know, the, what, what does he say? That line that I loved something about like the, the world's greatest double cross from history's greatest liar or something like that. Right. So it may, I we may be sort of primed to believe that that is what he wants to do. Right. It could be as simple as he genuinely wants to go in front of them and say, look, I know that I'm a variant, but can you please just put me back onto the sacred timeline just to like go live like, so I'll live like across the universe if that's what makes things possible and easy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, and I won't. 
not going to go to Earth. I'm not going to go to Asgard. I'm not going to, you know, mess with whatever's going on in that galaxy. Like, put me somewhere and I will just figure it out. Like, I just want to live. Yeah. Like, that. that's possible. We have no idea. I just made that up because <laughs> we don't actually know what he wants. It would, you know, and maybe part of the charm of this is, you know, not, you know, that we're sort of saddled in some sense with an unreliable narrator. Right. And we're also put in Owen Wilson's shoes in that case. Right. 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 <laughs> I mean, I'm, it's not clear to me what Owen Wilson believes about that last scene. Does he think Same. like, oh no, the, the variants were in cahoots the whole time and now he's escaped or is it, you know, Loki's really taking the mission seriously. I don't fa- think it's that. I mean, chasing after. Well, that's, <laughs> but that's an interesting thing because like I watch that and I go, if this were later in the series, you might have a moment where he, where Owen Wilson goes, oh, I knew I shouldn't have trusted that variant. And then it turns out that Loki has somehow done the right thing. But this is way too early in the series for that, in yeah. my opinion. Like yeah. narratively, it's way too early to have Loki's sort of like triumphant moment of I have reformed because I don't even I don't think that's even going to happen. Well, I, he might. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. So we said last week that we do not think that the we don't think that the conclusion of this series is going to be like, turns out the timekeepers are great and Loki has become a TVA agent and all is well. Yeah. Yeah. That's not how this is going to go. But on the other hand, you know, is Lady Loki like, does Lady Loki like know the whole secret backstory of the timekeepers? And will she tell our Loki? And is she trying to kill them? Is she trying to kill the idea of there being one timeline? I fully see a world in which the two of them um, team up for some mischief. Yeah, but is it going to be real mischief or is it going to be this murder nonsense? Because she's done. It seems like it's murder. murder. It seems like it'll be murder. Although, you know, if anybody was going to steal some penises, it might be Lady Loki. You never know. I could fully see a world. And I could also fully see a world where she says, look, here's the reason why I'm doing this. And to him, it's a good enough reason that he says, okay, like we've got to kind of figure out a way to make things right. And maybe we both go in front of the timekeepers or something like that. But it's just, yeah, I think you're right. Without his sort of internal monologue about the whole thing, we don't really know where he's at mentally. Like, I think he genuinely gets along with Owen Wilson. Yeah, they of... are. Their dynamic is great. Yeah. And they're kind of chums. So I don't think that Loki necessarily wants to stab Owen Wilson in the back, you know? Right, he said he wouldn't do that because he was bored of it. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean. Yes, yeah. I, you know, and maybe this is going to play out like they all go back to HQ and Owen Wilson is sitting there arguing like, I think he's following the variant to try to bring her in. And everyone else is like, no, 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 he's evil. Like maybe it's going to become a point of contention inside the TVA. On the other hand, I would argue they have bigger fish to fry at the moment (laughs) because Lady Loki... Lady Loki just created uh, 80 quadrillion Nexus events, and they're, there's no way that Minutemen can get to them all before they redline. Yeah, I mean, that was a pretty ingenious plan. And it was very... I mean, I don't really want to be super serious about this, but I kind of imagine the the people in the TVA, like, that's how, like, air traffic controllers may have felt on 9-11, right? Like, looking Ugh. at this thing and go, well, right, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be super dark, but, like, you look at this thing and you're like, oh, my God, this is, my whole job is to prevent something like this from happening, and it has happened, right? And so, and I also am interested in finding out what Ravana's whole deal is, because I sort of thought she was going to be a bit character- but apparently she is like... I don't a, think you hire Gugu and Bantharal to do a, like one episode cameo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But apparently, yeah, she's like super involved in this story. And TV Line did an interview with her where she... I mean, this is a little bit of spoiler space, everybody. But they, they did an interview with her where she says she's in a position of power. She doesn't grab her time stick from her mantelpiece very often unless it's absolutely necessary. The stakes are very high for her. Things get really, really get more intense for Renslayer as the show goes on. It gets more and more complex and layered for her the deeper we get into the season. So I'm also interested because 
you know, she's clearly buddies with Owen Wilson and she clearly kind of lets him have some latitude that maybe she wouldn't give other analysts or agents or whatever she calls him. And, you know, does how does this come back to bite her? And are the two of them going to be like the duo that we watch for a while while Loki and Lady Loki are a different duo doing their own thing? I think that would be off stealing penises. <laughs> what do you think Lady Loki's like whole deal is? What do you think her aim is? <sighs> okay, this is just I'm just blue skying this. I I love it. <laughs> She's not supposed to exist. She is a variant of the quote unquote real Loki, the 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 supposed to exist Loki, the right timeline Loki. She was born. She was born female in some variant timeline, and her her divine folks on Asgard kept her safe while she was growing up and now she is you know a big girl and the TVA wants to destroy her because she's not supposed to exist and she thinks that that she I think correctly thinks that that makes the TVA unethical yeah she's big into ethics this version of yeah. Loki. You, you can tell because of the murders <laughs> you can tell because of the murders Although, like we said last time, the TVA agents are not, like, alive as we know things to be alive, right? So the ethics of killing them is complicated. She, but she also traumatizes a bunch of normal people, right? Which normal people? You mean the ones she possesses? Yeah. And They're all about to be dead, I think would be her argument. Oh, which, I see. you know, it's true. So she's on a quest to, like, destroy the whole TVA because, you know, she's an anomaly that's not supposed to exist. That's, like, my blue sky, you know, she's really Lady Loki. Look, if they, the people who are, you know, you have these sources in our, in our, in our little notes sheet for this episode about, oh, she's actually, you know, she's the Enchantress or whatever, like... I think if the TVA thinks she's Loki, she's Loki, right? <laughs> like, the, the the TVA has a lot of blind spots, but they seem to understand who people are. Yeah. Because of that little, like, fingerprint thing that they can do people or whatever. Yeah, and, you know, in the Vulture article that I read, they they sort of believe that she's, this character is like a mix of, like a a mix for the, mcu of these mm. characters that are in the comics right so it's kind of they're taking a, some liberties not the first time they'd have done that right right so vulture says uh, we, we can get into articles for a bit vulture had an article called a question of superiority which i thought was great because there's a lot of banter about like she's the superior loki or the lesser loki or whatever they say there is another asgardian who specializes in enchantment magic she's blonde fond of green and she goes by the name of amora the enchantress the approach these disney plus series take to adapting marvel source materials is an intriguing one and that holds here the idea of a female Loki antagonist who is also a play on the Enchantress and also a sly wink at the 13th Doctor is a fun one. So this article talked a lot about the sort of Doctor who winks and nods. Um, so oh, interesting. I should read that article. Yeah. But, you know, it, you know, in short, the reason that Lady Loki would be potentially a wink to the 13th Doctor is because the 13th Doctor is the first female incarnation of the Doctor so, you know, you have this idea of someone who is, quote unquote, supposed to be male, you know, presenting as female instead. Yeah. You know, having become female in some way or whatever. Yeah. And so I I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I, I think the idea that this is a... And also, I mean, Loki is a, is a trickster who... And I believe that, like, you know, he can turn into whoever he wants. So it makes sense that there are gender that he's sort of gender fluid in that way that there could be female variants of him running around and wreaking havoc and this was I, totally apparently in norse myth this was like totally standard that loki would sometimes be male sometimes be female whatever suited huh. his, his trickster aims <laughs> yeah i mean it's so funny again like with the norse mythology those stories with the exception of ragnarok were very were, were less about like murder and subjugation and more about like oh this bet that we made went horribly wrong and like look who's at the heart of it it's loki causing havoc again like causing like you know oh i can't push this rock up this hill because loki made this rock super heavy like you know it's that sort of stuff whereas <laughs> this is much more like oh she's about to murder all of these people <laughs> so yeah this this loki is not 
the Loki, I would argue, that exists in Norse myth. Although I do have to do a little sidebar here, which is that, you know, I was watching the the, the second episode of Loki and I did not let my eight-year-old watch it because it is not appropriate for eight-year-olds. And then later he said, oh, what were you watching that I wasn't allowed to watch? I said, oh, Loki. And he goes, oh, I know him. And then he like goes to his room and comes back with a, a collection of Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl is a Marvel Comics heroine, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. She's delightful. She Her books are completely appropriate for children. They're like superheroes, but nobody ever dies or really gets hurt. And a lot of times she kind of just talks them out of doing, she talks the villains out of doing stupid things. Like, you don't really want to destroy the earth. Like, let's go have some pizza. Like, so, but he comes and brings me, he shows me, there's this book of Squirrel Girl stuff where like, there's a villain and the villain comes from Asgard. It's not a character we've seen in the MCU. And like Lady Thor and Loki and the former Thor, like all kind of come to fix it. And you, and he's like, you know, there's Loki. And I swear to God, somebody just drew Tom Hiddleston. I mean, it was, it was uncanny. And I was like, yep, that's, that's Loki. And then doesn't he do an impression or something? Yeah. So he, so, you know, Loki asks one of the humans, you know, would you like me to do any impressions? I'm very good at impressions. And the human says, oh, do the old Thor as a cat. And so... Loki does cat Thor. Yeah. So that was that was actually my eight-year-old. My eight-year-old's like, oh, Loki, I know. He's the one who does cat Thor. And I was like, what are you talking You're about? You're like, you are speaking gibberish to me, child. <laughs> Should I read my listener email? Right before you do that, I just want to shout out also this review from Den of Geek called Loki Episode 2 Holds Out for a Hero and a Villain. And they say Loki uses this the chat that they that he and Mobius have uh, to plant a much-needed seed of doubt in Mobius's mind about whether the Timekeepers and the TVA are really the good guys. I'm on his side here. This is the reviewer talking. I'm on his side here. All that variant killing and near-religious predetermination has left a whole lot of blood on their hands. Which I think we, you know, we've decided that something's rotten at the core of this. But I just, you know, I want to just throw that out there because I, I do think that's going to be where this series ends up going. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to obviously have some second order effects if they like destroy the TVA. And we all have that. destroyed time. Yeah. Oopsie doodle. <laughs> but yeah, we can get to our listener email. Yeah, this is from listener Mitch, and he did send it last fall, and I feel bad. I'm so we were sorry, not, Mitch. We were not doing episodes last fall, as we have explained. As we got into the fall, both Brianna's and my lives got completely messed up by the pandemic and some other things. And so it was yep. just not possible. But so Mitch emailed to say, I've been a long time listener. I just wanted to let you know I'm still listening. I hope you'll keep putting out episodes. I like the stuff you did while the show was on hiatus and what you've been doing since it ended. Even before COVID, it was nice to be able to put on your podcast and know it was going to be stress-free, entertaining, and fun. I don't oh, know where you're planning good. on taking... I know. <laughs> I don't know where you're planning on taking the podcast, but I'll be along for the ride. You have a good rapport together. We do come by that, honestly. I have been, you know, giving you noogies since 1988. <laughs> <laughs> My soft, soft head. My soft baby head. <laughs> I like your perspective on things. I love the recaps you do. I listened to your episodes on the new Star Wars movies and some of the Marvel movies before I even watched the movies because I was more excited to hear your take on them than I was to see the actual movies. Ugh. I know, right? This is can we? Does anybody know <laughs> listener Mitch who can tell him that we're back? <laughs> oh, I hope. Can, I, hope, I hope. Can we write back I to him? I can abs- I can write back to him. I was. I had a moment of being like, "Do I know his Twitter handle?" Like, ding, dingus, email exists. <laughs> it doesn't matter if the movie was good or bad. It's always fun to hear you talk about them. Sometimes, especially the bad medium ones. Aww. I totally, I totally agree with that. And <laughs> hey, I hope you stick with it, Mitch. And I was like, "Oh, Mitch." Mitch. <laughs> We hope you're back for the ride, Mitch. I'll, I will email Mitch Good. and tell him these things are happening again. <laughs> That's so sweet. That like really warms my heart that people are so excited about this Weirdly, podcast. Weirdly, we don't seem to have hemorrhaged any listeners. Like it's the same small number of listeners that we had like last fall, That's basically. Great. That's great. Like it's not, we we really peaked at the season finale. Sorry, the series finale of The Good Place. Yeah. Like we had a ton more listeners and then a bunch of people dropped off. And now we just have sustained that very small group of listeners for, you know, however, it's been over a year since The Good Place ended. Oh my gosh. Since I cried myself to death. (laughs) Wow. I mean, 
We want to thank you all for, first, for your patience in allowing us to have lives that were complicated and required a break from this. And then also we want to thank you for joining us again. And we hope that even if you're not watching Loki, you're getting something fun out of these. And, and I think one of the things when we did manage to do some pandemic episodes earlier in last year you know, we had our anxiety-free cruise episode and a few other episodes where we said, like, we just want to, at this point, watch things that are stress-free and it's like a warm bath for you to just, like, sit here and listen to this. And, you know, this this show is much more high stakes and there's a lot going on, but I I hope that it still feels the same, that we are just a stress-free listen for all of you because I know things are starting to get better but you know we're not out of it and everybody's got their own stuff so uh i want to thank you for listening and and we hope that you all have found this enjoyable because i i really look forward to this and i love being back on the show i think it's a i'm I'm really glad we're able to do this again here here yay so next week we will have we will be back at it with i don't know what the next episode's called they probably guard that pretty well you are correct that they have not said what the I mean, the episode is dropping in two days and they have not said what the title is. Oh, wow. I wonder if it's like, psych, they're the bad guys. <laughs> the TVA is the bad guys. <laughs> oh, that's what the, the episode is called. Psych, the TVA is the bad guys. <laughs> A girl can dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, watch out for the superior and female version of yourself. <laughs> I'm halfway there. I'm female, but not <laughs> superior. <laughs> We will see you next time, Ding Dongs! I need a hero. <clears throat> you are correct that they have not.